What's going on? Yerks here. Welcome to Yerks Talks. Wednesday, February 24th. How we doing? I'll tell you right now, this uh, three days a week, I'm loving it. I think this is going to be a really solid change for the podcast. I feel like I'm not as rushed every week, where sometimes, you know, I had the, when I was, when the football season was going on, Monday's episode was very simple, where I just recapped the games. But then Tuesday to the Thursday night game, like so Tuesday and Wednesday, it was a little bit hard at times to come up with something to cover, you know, the following day. And then Wednesday, same thing. But now, like having that day off to kind of get things together and like formulate a plan for today's episode, I think that that system, you know, podcast, day off, podcast, day off, podcast is going to be really solid. Also, I talked about it on Monday's episode too. It allows me to do stand standalone episodes, right? Where I could get together maybe with some friends and we can just, you know, shoot the shit and just talk about whatever. Or if we want to go in depth, maybe talking about like a certain team or just like a certain sports topic, then we can do that. And then I can put one of those episodes on the off days. So I think that I'm loving it so far and I think it's going to be great. But yeah, how are we doing? Hope everybody's having a good start to their week. We're halfway there. On uh, today's episode, more quarterback talk. I can't get enough of quarterbacks, man. It's uh, the year of the quarterback, obviously. And so on today's episode, we're going to be talking. We know we're getting down to it, actually, when you think about it. And so uh, there's some teams that still need to make decisions about what they're going to do at their quarterback position. And so I want to talk about a couple of those teams today in depth and discuss what they should do, what they shouldn't do, or like, you know, if they like should do anything or like what the hell's going on with their team, things like that. So that is the main plan for today. Before we get into that though, I got I have to talk about Tiger Woods. That was the big headline from yesterday. So here's what we know so far about that situation. So yesterday, if you didn't hear, I mean, it would be hard not to. He, it was everywhere. Tiger Woods got into a uh, single car car crash. Now, when I immediately saw that headline, my mind went to, uh, like, like my immediate thought was like, ah, oh, man, not again. Because if you don't recall, ten, like about nine, ten years ago, he was in a, he was involved in a single car crash. And that was when, you know, it was kind of that big downhill spiral for Tiger. He was abusing drugs, like like mainly opioid use. And that was like, oh, man, like that really sucked. Obviously, he's had 10 million back surgeries. And so he was using pills to deal with that pain. And he was abusing them and things like that. So that was my initial thought was like, oh, man, not again. Because it seemed like he was doing so great. He had an interview uh, over this weekend with Jim Nance. At, um, I believe it was the Genesis tournament that he hosted. And so he was talking there. But even in that interview, he looked a little bit like, um, I don't mean to laugh, but like buzzed or, you know, I, I felt like he either like he was in pain and taking something for the pain or he was like maybe like a little bit like stoned. Like that's kind of how he looked in the interview. And so, you know, you don't want to speculate on anything. But when you hear this news, you know, after seeing that, that interview over the weekend and then you hear this news yesterday about the car the single 
car crash is like, oh, man. But we got more details, right? So Woods, 45, this is an article by uh, Mark Schlarbach. I hope I didn't butcher that too much. Uh, article on ESPN. Uh, Woods, 45, underwent several hours of emergency surgery to repair what doctors called a significant orthopedic injuries to his lower right leg and ankle. Um, the condition, His condition after the surgery, uh, he suffered comminuted, some of these words I have no idea, open fractures, bones that were broken into more than two pieces and with breaks in the skin in the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula of his right leg. So that's intense. It was crazy. And if you didn't see photos of his car after the crash, I mean, it's brutal. Like it's, it is completely totaled. Uh, it's on, it's laying on its side. I mean, it's bad. And so it's like, it was one of those like, oh shit moments, you know? And, um, I'm just glad that he's okay. Seems that he's recovering well. And this is a statement that he put on Twitter. I'm just going to read out right now. But yeah, it was just, it was so scary to think about. And again, um, I, I'm, I'm glad because there's uh, reports that the police don't think that there was, that he was impaired in any way, which is like, whew, like, okay, thank God. Because I like, we, we need, and uh, one of my buddies, we were talking about this yesterday, texting about it. And I think he said it perfectly where, we need the Tiger Woods story to end on a positive note. And I thought that that was a great way to put it. He, like, you know, regardless of what your opinion of him is, like, he has battled and clawed his way back to the top. And you had all this stuff with, like, the, um, you know, with the multiple women that he was having an affair with and things like that. The countless surgeries. And for him to come back through that all and still be this dominant guy, I mean, it was just incredible. And so, I mean, him winning the Masters a couple, like, two two years ago, I mean, there are, like, people, like, I, I, I get chills still talking about it, all right? Like, I knew people that, like, were in tears about it. Like, you just saw all of the, like, outpour. You just saw his celebration with his family and his son, and it just, you could just tell it meant the world to him. And, yeah, like, a guy like Tiger, yes, like, he made mistakes, but I mean, considering like, I wouldn't wish like his life on anyone. And what I mean by that is like, I remember in high school, man, and I, I grew up in a small town where I did, I did idiotic things all the time, or I just did embarrassing things. And because it was a small town, like everybody knew everybody. And so like those things got out. I could only imagine being like on a golf course, getting or on a golf course, being filmed from, the age of like five, maybe even younger, uh, upwards, and just being known as like one of the best athletes to ever play golf or just ever like play a sport, and your name's everywhere. You can't go anywhere without people recognizing you. And I mean, just the amount of pressure and all these, on all, and just, you know, trying, having to be that perfect person all the time. I mean, no wonder it gets you, and like, you know, people have their vices that they are, you know, prone to doing and using or whatever it is. And, you know, the fact that like through all of that, he has come back and still, you know, he's still on top and like people still like are rooting for the guy. And they, and like for me at this point, like I just wanted him to be fine. Like, I don't care if he doesn't play golf again, you know, like it seems like he's going to be able to uh, walk. Like that would suck if he was wheelchair bound. Like, that would be just a horrendous, um, just tr like way to end his story. Right. And so I'm just so glad that he was okay and the surgery went well. And here's his statement.
that he put out on Twitter. We thank everyone for the overwhelming support and messages during this tough time. As previously communicated, Tiger was involved in a single car accident earlier this morning in California. He has undergone a long, long surgical procedure on his lower right leg and ankle after being brought to the hospital. Mr. Woods suffered, this is from his, uh, his doctor, the uh, MD chief medical officer and interim CEO. This is a quote by him, Anish Mahajan. I think I nailed that, by the way. Mr. Woods suffered significant orthopedic injuries to his right lower extremity that were treated during emergency surgery by orthopedic trauma specialists at Harbor UCLA Medical Center, a level one trauma center. Comminuted open fractures affecting both the upper and lower portions of the tibia and fibula bones were stabilized by inserting a rod into the tibia. Additional injuries to the bones of the foot and ankle were stabilized with a combination of screws and pins. Trauma to the muscle and soft tissue of the leg required surgical release of the covering of the muscles to relive to relieve, excuse me, pressure due to the swelling. He is currently awake, responsive, and recovering in the hospital uh, hospital room. Thank you to the wonderful doctors and hospital staff at the Harbor Medical Harbor UCLA Medical Center, the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department, and the Fire Department. Your support. Oh, by the way, yeah, they had to use the jaws of light to pull him out of his car. Scary stuff. Your support and assistance has been outstanding. There are no further updates at this time, and we continue to thank you for, for your well wishes and privacy for him and his family. Boom. That is the statement. So, yeah, seems like he's going to be all good. But, yeah, very scary. And I'm just, I'm relieved, man. Like, I mean, we had Kobe die a year ago, right? A little over a year ago now. And, I mean, that just, like, kind of shocked the world. And I just, you know, I hope that there is no drugs or anything like that involved. Uh, I really hope that this was just like an accident that happened. And I think there were police reports saying that like the area that he crashed uh, is known to kind of have accidents if you're going too fast. And it seems like he just swerved and it, it just, you know, went over. And so I'm just glad that he's going to be okay. And like I said, I could care less about golf right now. Like I really don't care. I just hope that he um, can recover and then he's all right. And then his family's doing well. And so yeah, my thoughts go out to him and his family, and um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I'm just praying that there isn't any, like, foul play, or any, like, drug use, or anything like that, because again, like, I just, we just, we need him to come out on top, after all he's been through, I just hope that there's nothing along those lines, all right, let's shift to football, bread and butter, okay, we're gonna talk about quarterbacks today, it might sound like I'm kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but it's important, man. Like, it's the most important position on your team. You got to have one. Like I said, the three things you need for a successful franchise, solid owner, that head coach GM partnership, and you need a franchise quarterback. So today we're going to cover about 10 teams, and I've split them into three categories. And so the categories that I have are what's your plan, what are you waiting for, and what the hell are you doing? So, basically, uh, all of these categories, they kind of intertwine because a lot of stuff is, like, speculative right now. And, you know, because one one team doing something could then cause the other teams, like, you know, a domino effect. And the other teams could start pulling the trigger and doing their own moves. So, they kind of all tie together in the sense that, you know, each, like, when one team jumps and the other team might follow suit. And so... But I feel like that 
they are there are a way to separate them, and that in these in these three categories are the way I'm going to do that. Before I break down the teams, I want to quickly cover two teams that I discussed yesterday that I'm not going to talk about as much today, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Houston Texans. So if you didn't, um, if you want to hear more insight on them, Monday's episode I go more into detail about their situations. Basically, the fact that they have shit the bed and are dumpster fires, and they're just. And the fire is growing exponentially, okay? With Philly, real quick, I just want to cover these two teams. With Philly, it's very simple. Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. End of story. That's it. That's what, how it should be. The nerve that they have to say that, well, we're going to try out the position with Jalen Hurts. More. Like, idiots. I I, I don't I, – it's just such a moronic thought. I don't understand it at all. So, yeah. Philly, just Jalen Hurts is your quarterback. End of discussion. For Houston – it gets a little bit more complicated, right? So I've I've gone in-depth about this situation and how the Texans' management organization has, com- has completely butchered their relationship with Deshaun Watson. He wants out. He has leverage. He has a no-trade clause. And the Texans have adamantly said that they, they have no interest in trading him or hearing any trade discussions. I think that Deshaun Watson is not going to play for Houston this coming year. It, it, whether that whether it's he gets traded or he holds out, I don't think he's going to play. He has come up, gone on record and said that there are three teams that he would be interested in going to, and they are the Carolina Panthers, the New York Jets, and the Miami Dolphins. I'm going to throw out two more teams because I think that um, just because you're interested in the three teams doesn't mean that it's going to be one of those three. So I'll throw out two more here. The Denver Broncos who last time I checked were the betting odds favorite to land him. And then I'll throw out my team, the Niners. I mean, that would just be a mat. Like that'd be outstanding. I mean, I, I wouldn't hate that. That'd be phenomenal. So those five teams for me are the top five front runners for in the Deshaun Watson sweep stakes. Okay. So let's get to the first category here. So I think there's four teams that need to ask themselves, like what, what is like, what's your plan? Like, what are we trying to do here? Um, I think they have multiple options, and they just have to decide on what they are going to do long-term or going forward. So the first thing I want to discuss is the Pittsburgh Steelers with Ben Roethlisberger. So there's been actually there's actually been a report the past couple of days, and there was one I read this morning, that Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger's agent has come out and said that they will be back for the 2021 season. So it's going to be one final ride in Pittsburgh. Uh, but we got some issues here. Uh, the glaring one is the $41 million cap hit that Roethlisberger's contract brings this season. Now, there's been reports and there's been things that have been said that, that Ben and his agent would go in and try to negotiate that to be more, you know, to be more team friendly and to get, you know, less money on the like less money and things like that. But it's a long time between now and the regular season. A lot of things could happen. So the reason I'm still putting him in this category, even though it looks like Roethlisberger is going to be the quarterback for for next year or this coming season, is that if they cut him, it's only a $22 million, I mean, it's I say only. It's a $22 million cap hit, which is still a lot, but it's way less than $41 million. And you could also get somebody in like a Sam Darnold or you have Dwayne Haskins in the wings. You could even bring in maybe a 
Cam Newton, Jacoby Brissett, dare I say Mitch Trubisky. Like, you could go that route about it. But it does seem like they're going to stick with Ben Roethlisberger. And that worries me for the Steelers' chances at a Super Bowl next year. Because, I mean, that's what they want to do, right? This is a very uh, well-run franchise. They've got a great defense. They've got great players on offense as well. They, they want Super Bowls. This isn't, this isn't a team that's content with winning their division. They want trophies. And I think that with Big Ben, that's a problem. And so what I want to do here is compare him to, and it's probably unfair to compare him to this player, but I'm going to compare him to Tom Brady, the GOAT. And not not like, you know, career, like stats for stats, right? Because, you know, it, it's not it's not fair. But I want to, I want to compare them to... Um, I just want to compare like their work ethic and like their their style, right? So when I think of Tom Brady, and I'm, I'm going to do like multiple comparisons here, but you know I'm going to compare football and basketball, right? So Tom Brady to me is is like LeBron James in basketball, right? LeBron James, for those of you that haven't watched any of the NBA, he's still far and away the best player. Like it's not even close. He's dominating the game, and he's ancient. He's, he's you know he's past. Like you could you could argue that like he's past his prime, right? I mean, he's not he's not that young kid out of Akron anymore, and he's still out there. And I believe last time I checked, he was leading the league in minutes played. LeBron James, like leading the league in minutes played. Guy's thirty six, right? Uh, there was a. I believe this game happened Monday night. They were playing the Wizards. It went to double. I think it went to either single or double overtime. And the Wizards beat them in double overtime. And there was a report after the game where LeBron was like, where they're asking LeBron, like, hey, man, shouldn't you be watching your minutes? And like LeBron, like, as much as I, I hate like LeBron's like political stance, stances on things, like he was so spot on here. He's like, nah, man, like I, like my minutes aren't the problem. Like I, I come in, I come into work, I clock in and I do my thing. And I thought that was like such a like in your face answer. It was great. The fact that he's 36 and like leading the league in minutes played is just absurd, right? Anthony Davis didn't play in that game. Like he is just fantastic. And like I think that's why he's like Brady, right? Where they they're still dominant, right? It, like late into their like, you know, past their prime. They're still doing things to improve themselves, right? They're taking care of their bodies. They're Film buffs, right? Tom Brady is constantly watching film, always trying to get better, always trying to like you know and make those little bit improvements. Same with LeBron. Like you look at LeBron's LeBron James's game from when he went in, when he like went into the league as a Cavalier to now with the Lakers. I mean, he's co it's completely revamped. He can shoot the three more consistently now. He still sucks at the free throw line, but I mean. He's become a better passer. He's a better facilitator. He's a better leader. He's a guy that you like you ride or die with, right? People want to play with LeBron. People want to play with Tom Brady, all right? When you look at Big Ben, his comparison is James Harden. Ridiculous talent, but just does not have the same drive as a Tom Brady or LeBron James. Now, not a lot of people do. These guys are freaks of nature, right? I mean, that, like they're, you know, like Michael Jordan in that Last Dance documentary. Like, this is a guy who, like, values winning over anything else and, like, taking care of his body, no days off, things like that, right? 
where you have Brady eating his avocado ice cream during the offseason. Big Ben's like, he's got burgers and beers. And he's at his like cabin, right? Having a good time. Like not a care in the world. Like um, he like he's gone on record multiple times. Like people the Steelers franchise knows this, the organization. They know that he's not a big film buff. Like he doesn't train hard in the offseason. That's just who Big Ben is. Like at the end of his, you know, like past his prime, this like he like this is who he is. Like this is who big Big Ben is, right? So the Steelers are just kind of like stuck in this situation. And it's similar to James Harden. He's spectacular. He's a top. You could you could argue he's like a top five scorer in the league. He's great. But look at this. Look at how he handled leaving Houston. That entire situation shows up late to to training camp, right? He has to like quarantine because of the COVID shenanigans. Shows up a little bit like out of shape or looked like he was until he went to Houston. But then again, black is a slimming color. You know, he he like demands a trade. He you know you find out all the other find out about all the other antics. Um, when he was on the Rockets, right, where he was, like, partying after games, like, all this other crap. And now he goes to the Nets, right, and they have basically a super team. They're going to win a ton of games in Brooklyn. They're going to make the playoffs. But when it comes to, like, the big game, right, game series on the line, game seven, or, like, you know, do or die game, win or go home, they're going to fall fall short because that's not, that's not what James Harden does. Like, he he's not LeBron James. Like he, you know, like when shit hits the fan, he's not going to be able to get it done. And so I think that that's, that's the difference between a, between these veteran quarterbacks and Tom Brady and Big Ben. Like I said, I know it's a little bit unfair to compare the GOAT to Roethlisberger, but it's that work ethic that I'm talking about. And, and like that's – you don't have that with Ben. You don't have that with James Harden, and that is the difference. And so I think that, you know, it's – it's, it's great optics, right? The do or die, like, you know, veteran quarterback, he retires as a Steeler. You know, it's going to be great. He's won two Super Bowls with them. It's going to be fantastic. But as far as their success in the 2021 season, I don't see them. They'll make the playoffs most likely because they're well coached and they've got a great a bunch of key players that are fantastic. But as far as, like, winning a Super Bowl, no chance. Second team here that needs to figure out what the hell they're doing or like what, what their plan is, I should say, is the New England Patriots. They made a mistake with Tom Brady. Straight up. They let him go. They let the goat walk, and they uh, they showed that, they, that he was holding a lot of things together, and they were awful without him. The offense is abysmal. At times it looks passable, but that's about it. I mean, they'll win games because it's Bill Belichick, and they're well-coached, and their defense is great. But, I mean, man, they are just extremely one-dimensional. Uh, their offensive game plan is awful. If you don't have the GOAT running it, then it just like it looks just horrendous. And so they need to decide what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Are they going to re-sign Cam Newton? Are they going to trade for somebody? Are they going to draft a quarterback? Now, I don't see them picking up somebody in the first round. They have the 15th pick in the NFL draft this year. Uh, they normally don't trade up, and I don't see them drafting a quarterback. So I think for them, they just have a t- like they have so many issues that they can't. Aff- like I don't think that they are in a position to draft a quarterback. Like I, I think their defense is really solid right now, and so like for them, trading makes the most sense. You're not going to get another rookie guy in there. Jared Stidham, he looks like a bust. Like you need to bring in somebody that you know will help your help your team's chances to win. Um, 
Cam Newton, I think he's, you know, as much as I love watching him play, he's just not himself anymore. Like, he's past his prime. Guy can't throw the ball anymore. So I think that they'll eventually try to trade for somebody. And there's a few guys that they could look for. Uh, but, you know, Marcus Mariota makes sense. He was great in that Thursday night game against the Dolphins. He was fantastic there. He showed some flashes of his former self. He, it would only cost you about $10 million, and you could like and you could probably get him um, for a mid to late round draft pick. So, you know, maybe you stand Stidham and like a fourth round pick for Mariota. That might be enough. Only cost you $10 million. It would make sense. There's talks about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Drafted by the Patriots, Bill Belichick, and that coaching staff liked him a lot until the Niners went in, swooped in, and got him. And so there's talks that maybe he could come back as well. Uh, you have Ryan Fitzmagic, who, you know, maybe is not an upgrade for Cam Newton, but at least he can throw the ball down the field. Gives you a little bit of veteran presence as well. If you want to take a late-round quarterback in the draft, you can maybe coach him up. Makes sense there. I'll throw out Mitch Trubisky because I think that he'll be either a back, he'll, he'll be a backup somewhere, and maybe he'll be a backup in New England and get a chance. Who knows? I think that the structure that Bill Belichick would bring and that like ancient offense would like take pressure off of Trubisky, and so it, it actually might be a good fit there. Although I will say that he has a solid defense or had. I don't expect him to be the quarterback for Chicago this year, but I mean, God, they're I mean, who knows what they're gonna do. Has a solid de- he has a solid defense with Chicago, and so he'd be getting that with the Patriots. And the fact that he can't succeed with that solid defense, very troubling. Bottom line, the clock is ticking for not only New England, but a lot of these teams, right? The free agency market opens on March 17th, right? So just a few weeks away. And if you don't have a quarterback, then free agents aren't wanna, are, are, aren't going to want to deal with that headache, right? You need to have your number one quarterback established before this free agency market starts. And so New England, like a bunch of teams, got to figure out what they do. And I think that their best option is to go trade for somebody. Number three, this is interesting, and I, I this is the team that I am most curious about probably this offseason. Uh, aside from where Deshaun Watson's going to land, it's the Dallas Cowboys and their Dak Prescott situation. So I've talked about Dallas a lot this year, or like the start of this year and then last year. I, I think that their situation is fascinating, and I'm very curious about what they're going to do. So, Dak Prescott, there's been reports that they're in talks with him and that, you know, they're deciding if they want to do a long-term deal or franchise tag him again. So, last year, Dak played on the franchise tag, and then he had that brutal injury knocked him out for the rest of the season, which is why, you know, you never know what's going to happen. This is why he wanted to sign that long-term deal, but, you know, Management thought it was too much money, right? Cut to this year now, they're having talks. And, you know, they could franchise tag him again. If they do, the deadline for that is March 9th. So they have up until March 9th decided they're going to franchise tag him again or sign him to a long-term contract. If they do go the franchise tag route again, you can only franchise tag somebody for two years, right? So they did it last year. They could do it again this year. And then after that, they either have to sign him to a long-term contract or he or just have him walk, right? If they sign him to a franchise contract again this year, they'd be paying him $38 million. I like Dak Prescott a lot. 
I think that he's come into Jerry World and he's held him. He's held his own. I think he's, you know, won them a lot of games. He's a great quarterback at the podium. No attitude. You know, he. Got a chip on his shoulder, which you love, especially for the quarterback position. But he is not worth $38 million. He's not. Just straight up. All right? Not at all. And I've been extremely vocal about this, like with Jerry Jones, right, where I think that, you know, I have respect for the man. You know, you have to – he gambled to get the – you know, he turned um, like a – a million dollar franchise into like a multi-million, if not billion dollar franchise. Like this guy knows what he's doing. Right. But is in, in terms of being an owner and, or like a GM really, cause that he had, he wears multiple hats in terms of being a GM. He's horrendous. He really is like, and when you have Jerry Jones as your owner and GM, when you're in Jerry world, you need special at quarterback to overcome his nonsense. Right, Dak Prescott is good. He like sometimes he's great, but he's not special. And so here's what I would do if I'm the Dallas Cowboys. This is not going to happen because it's Jerry Jones, and he like most likely Dallas is going to re-sign Dak, whether it be the franchise tag or to a long-term contract, which I feel is a massive mistake. I think they're going to do that because Jerry Jones, more often than not, will be your friend and not the businessman. He takes care of his own, right? You look at these ridiculous contracts for like uh, Zeke, Amari Cooper, uh, Jalen like Smith. All of these ridiculous contracts for players that are good, not like great. You know, like Zeke, he's lost a step. Amari Cooper, he shows flashes, and then these other guys as well on the on the on the defense where it's like you sign them to these fat contracts and they underperform. The only guy I feel like is worth the money he's getting right now for Dallas is DeMarcus Lawrence. That guy's a beast. He's an animal. So yeah, he's going to re-sign Dak, which is a mistake. But if it like for some miracle by the, by the hand of God, he doesn't do it. There are two options that I would do. This is what I would do if I was the GM and the owner of the Dallas Cowboys. Now the first step for both of these options, you let Dak walk. And that's going to be bad optics initially, right? You're like, this guy, he, 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 you know, he worked so hard for your team. He broke, he broke his, you know, like, you know, that gruesome injury on the field. Like, how do you do him dirty? At the end of the day, it's a business, all right? You let Dak walk, okay? So when you do that, then these two options, then these are the two options you have. Number one, you go get a quarterback. You go get Marcus Mariota. You go get Sam Darnold. If he's available, we'll talk about that in a second. You go get Tyrod Taylor from the Chargers, right? Solid guy that just can never get it right. Just so gets his lung punctured <laughs> this year. Like, it's just absurd, man. Uh, Jacoby Brissett from the Colts, right? They just signed Carson Wentz. Maybe they won't be able to keep Jacoby there, right? You go get a quarterback, okay? That's going to cost you less money. Makes a ton of sense. I just talked about how Mariota would cost you like about $10 million and maybe a late round draft pick. Makes some sense, right? Number two, you have the 10th pick in the draft this year. All right, so here's the order of the first 10. You got Jacksonville. They're going to take Trevor Lawrence. You got the Jets. We'll cover them in a second. They might take a quarterback. We're not sure. Miami, they have two. They're not taking one. Atlanta, they. I, I, this is not the year that they're going to take a quarterback. Matt Ryan, 
he has maybe one or two years left, so they'll go with him. The Bengals, they have Joe Burrow. Eagles have Jalen Hurts. The Lions, they're going to probably take one. Carolina could take a quarterback, but they have Teddy Bridgewater. Denver, I don't see them taking one. And then we have Dallas at 10. So you, you could draft a quarterback at 10 if you're Dallas, right? I'm going to exclude the big three here, and that would be Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson out of BYU, who's now um, the second favorite off the board, and then Justin Fields from Ohio State. All right, so you're looking at guys, excluding these big three for Dallas, you're looking at guys like Trey Lance from North Dakota State, Mac Jones from Bama, who I personally don't like, but it doesn't matter who I like, uh, Kyle Trask from Florida, and then I'll throw out one more guy, Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Okay, and you might not even have to move up to get one of these guys. So those are my two options here. You get, you know, you either trade for a guy or you draft one in this year's draft. You're you're you're, you're batting tenth, which doesn't make sense in the baseball analogy, but um, you're in that tenth spot, right? Um, you go that route. You, you give him, you get a rookie contract. You don't have to pay a guy for four years. You know, if it works out, you get you get you sign him to a big long contract extension. You maybe pick his fifth-year option. Yeah, there you go. And with the money that you save from not signing somebody like Dak Prescott to a long-term deal or that $38 million franchise tag, you spend the money fixing your offensive line, which is ancient, and your defense, which couldn't stop, like, just... I, I, I can't think of an analogy right now, okay? But they just couldn't, like, they couldn't stop anything. All right? So that's, that's the route I would go. Like, th- those are the two options. But they, they, they both start with... Not signing Dak Prescott, not franchise tagging him, not giving him a contract extension, letting him walk. That's what I would do. It makes the most sense, but they're not going to do it because unfortunately, Jerry Jones is your friend more often than he's your owner, and they're going to re-sign Dak. If they do this, if they re-sign Dak, this is my, this is my, I don't think it's that bold of a prediction, but here's what's going to happen. If they re-sign Dak, the Cowboys will be irrelevant for the next decade. For the rest of this decade, they will be irrelevant. Dak, as much as I love him, he cannot overcome the chaos that Jerry Jones brings to his organization. So yeah, Dallas, if you're li- like Jerry Jones, if you hear this somehow, let Dak walk. Go get a, a, an inexpensive quarterback like Mariota, Darnold, Tyrod Taylor, or draft one in this year's draft. Personally, I like Trey Lance or Kyle Trask. That's what I would do, Dallas. And then the last team here that needs to figure out their plan, and this is, uh, they probably have the biggest domino in the set, right, is the New York Jets. Okay? They got a lot of options, right? So number one, they have a pretty solid chance at getting Deshaun Watson. He's come out and said that he would go there. They have the capital to make it happen. They have a bunch of draft picks this year. They also have a ton of cap space so they could build around Deshaun Watson. Makes a lot of sense. Another option they have, they have the second pick in this year's draft. They got a new head coach in Robert Sala. They could go get a Zach Wilson or a Justin Fields and then, you know, use the other first-round draft picks, get another get a, you know, another bunch of key guys in the draft and then build around him with that cap space, right? The third option this is probably the most important option in regards to how the rest of the offseason is going to go for all the other teams, is Sam Darnold. Are they going to pick up his fifth-year option? Are they going to trade him? Like that, Those are the big things. They have until May 3rd 
to pick up Darnold's fifth-year option, but uh, stuff is going to happen way before that, right? The draft is in April. The free agency market starts on the 17th. So, you know, a lot of things could happen in these next uh, few weeks. And so for me, if I'm the Jets here, if I have a chance to get Deshaun Watson, I go get Deshaun Watson. He's a top five, maybe top three quarterback in the league. And that's what I would do. Uh, but yeah, you want to pay, like, in far, as far as like tracking this and what's going to happen um, in the NFL in regards to like all the quarterback shenanigans, the Jets are the team to watch here because once their domino falls, the rest of them are going to start dropping as well. And we're going to see like a bunch of teams make moves. And so it's going to be exciting. But yeah, follow the Jets and their plan. Personally, go. I would get Deshaun Watson if I can get him. That's what I would do. All right, second category here. We just covered uh, the teams like, what's your plan? Now we're on to what are you waiting for? I got three teams in this category where, like, I don't know what, like, are they waiting for, like, a sign from God? I have no idea, like, why they haven't done anything yet, right? These are teams that I want to trade for a quarterback. Not draft a rookie. I don't want that. I want them to go get better immediately. Like you're, I'm, like I said, you're bringing in one of these guys like a Sam Darnold or Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Fitzmagic. That's what I want them to do. So the first team I want to talk about and the team that pains me the most on this list, the Chicago Bears. The Trubisky thing didn't work. They got it wrong and they refused to rip the Band-Aid off and they went out and got Nick Foles and that just failed miserably. Matt Nagy, the head coach, and Ryan Pace, the GM, this is probably their last year in Chicago if they don't fix things. Their jobs are on the line. Go get Sam Darnold. Go get him. Go get Marcus Mariota. Get better at the quarterback position. You're going to waste this talented defense that you have. Blows me away. Like, this defense is top five, maybe top three in the league. They are insane. And we just need a, we, we need a quarterback. Like, you were kidding yourselves with Trubisky. Like, the fact, like, you were better off, like, uh, it's just so frustrating because I would have been fine with them starting Trubisky the entire year. Like, but this, like, covering a leak with duct tape thing, although duct tape fixes most things, like, eventually you're going to need to fix the actual leak. And so this Nick Foles thing, like, just pisses me off so much because we just waste money on him. He was not going to be the permanent fix. And so it's like, I think that I, I honestly think they would have had a better record this year if they had just started Trubisky the entire season. They didn't. They went with this full thing and now they're just, they're just stuck. And so now go, I don't, I don't want you to trade up in the draft again. We saw that the, we, we just saw that it didn't work with Trubisky. I want you to go out and get Sam Darnold. I want you to go out and get Marks Mariota. Go out and get Tyrod Taylor. Make your team better immediately. I would love Tyrod Taylor to the Bears makes a lot of sense to me. This is a guy that is is accurate. He's mobile, which works with Matt Nagy's offense. He doesn't make a ton of mistakes. Your defense is fantastic. He can he can you can rely on him. Tyrod Taylor can move the ball. I like that as a fit. If not Sam Darnold, so yeah, Chicago, like pull your head out of your ass and do something. Second team here, Washington Football Team. Alex Smith is a nice story, and actually there was reports from Alex Smith that Washington, uh, they, he put a wrench in Washington's plans because they, they really didn't want to use him. But with the Dwayne Haskins scenario, Kyle Allen getting hurt, 
Smith got thrown in there, and he actually did a hell of a job. I mean, comeback player of the year, he was sensational. But obviously, he's not the long-term answer. And I, I, I don't want him to play football anymore. Like, I, the, the way his leg moved now is just ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, they, they re-signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year deal. That's great. He should be a backup. Kyle Allen, he was okay before he got injured, but he's not the answer. Go get a quarterback, Washington. Like, the guys I just mentioned, go get one of them. Like, go do it. And then the third team here, Denver Broncos and Drew Luck, right? Don't be the Bears, okay? You missed on Drew Luck. He's not the guy. I've seen enough. And I know that there were a lot of issues in Denver this year. You didn't have your number one receiver in Cortland Sutton. Von Miller missed the entire season with his injury. You had, you had other key defensive injuries along the season as well. Um, but I, I don't care. I've seen enough of Drew Locke. He reminds me of Jay Cutler in a lot of ways, where he maybe he's a little bit more energetic at time, but he makes a mistake and like his attitude doesn't change at all. Like he just kind of like is very nonchalant about it. And I don't like that from my quarterback. I want to see the passion and the fire eat like when things don't go well. When they like when things are going easy, like you know, like when things are going well and I'm throwing tutties left and right, yeah, it's easy to be excited. But when shit hits the fan, I want my quarterback to show that emotion. And I don't see that with Drew Locke, not to mention that like he made several mistakes and like bad interceptions last year. I, move off of him. That's what I would do. And I don't don't go back to the draft well. Like don't do it. Like you your team is not good enough to to keep going back to the draft. Like you like to, to to keep drafting quarterbacks. Like go make your offensive line better, go make your defensive line better, go go get a nice corner in the first round and go trade for one of these guys, Mariota, Tyra Taylor, etc., and have some stability in your quarterback position. They haven't found a guy since Peyton Manning, and so bring in one of these veteran quarterbacks. Fitz, Fitzpatrick makes a ton of sense here. You got a young offense with a ton of young wide receivers and young offensive linemen. Go get a veteran like Fitzmagic and Mile High with the beard. I would love it. So, yeah, go that route. All right, so that's it for the teams. Like, what are you waiting for? We talked about what the hell is your plan or what the plan is. The last category I want to talk about, and there's two teams for this one, what the hell are you doing? Now, technically, there's four, but we've we've covered Philly and Houston extensively, so we're not going to touch on them anymore. But there's two teams here where I just look at the situation, and I'm thinking, like, what, what, what in the hell are you doing? The first team, and this might be a shock here, is Seattle, the Seahawks. There's been reports... And I cannot believe this, that there have been teams that have been inquiring about Russell Wilson. Now, when that, normally when that happens, that means that the teams are willing to take offers for Russell Wilson. Now, Wilson has come out and said that he's been very vocal this offseason that, it, you know, about the offense, you know, about the offensive system that they had running, that like it was, you know, very one-dimensional and kind of ancient like New England's is. He also has come out and said that he gets hit way too much. He gets sacked way too much. He gets pressured way too much. He doesn't, like, his offensive line stinks, basically, right? The offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer, he got fired. Like I said, their offense is very one-dimensional. Uh, you know, it's Pete Carroll's team. You can see that without, like, he wants to run the offense he wants to run. 
And a lot of the times it's not to Russell Wilson's benefit, right? There are games where, you know, that, 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 uh, that hashtag let Russ cook. You saw that, right? Where he was airing it out the first few weeks. And then they went back to this, uh, you know, run the ball first. Cause they don't really have the personnel to, to like sustain that less let Russ cook. They just, they can't get into that, that. Like they don't have the personnel as they are right now to get into these shootouts. Like they can't make stops on defense at all, right? But so yeah, reading this report, my initial thought is like, are you out of your goddamn minds? Like this is Russell Wilson we're talking about. For whatever reason, and I I don't know what it is. Some players they just they just I I, I won't I don't want to say like get a bad rap, but like I I just don't understand how Russell Wilson is so undervalued still. He still might be the most underrated player in the NFL. And he's a top five quarterback. And I don't, it blows me away. Like you talk about guys getting statues, right? I mean, Nick Foles freaking has one. He didn't deserve a statue at all. Russell Wilson might, might be the best player that Seattle is ever going to get. He should have statues all up and down that stadium. Nine seasons with the Seahawks. He's never had a losing record. Legion of Boom, back in the day, right? 2011, 2012, 2013. They are long gone. This defense is awful. You bring in Jamal Adams, which is fantastic, and I love watching him play. Unfortunately, it's against my Niners sometimes with the blows. But they're, you know, they're situationally great, which is what Pete Carroll can do as a great defensive coach. But other than that, man, they are awful. This O-line that Seattle has, I mean, they're just... Random guys with jerseys, abysmal. Like they they have never been able to in his nine year career, never have been able to protect Russell Wilson. There's one season, one, where Russell Wilson has been sacked under 40 times. And that was his rookie year. He was only sacked 33, which is still a lot. Last year, Russell Wilson was sacked the third most with 48. You had the Eagles with 65, which is just, oh, my God. You had Washington, the Giants, and the Texans all with 50. Seattle next with 48. Then the Bengals, the Jags, and the Cowboys. All those other teams are sub-500. And they're getting sacked that many times. Russell Wilson takes his team to freaking 12-4, and four, gets sacked 48 times, and they have the balls to, like, tr- to... To request trades, like to like request trade offers for Russell Wilson's, they have like the nerve to come out and say that like Russell Wilson should not be as vocal. Like this is insanity to me. Twelve and four record after getting sacked forty eight times last year, threw for forty two hundred yards, completed sixty nine percent of his passes, forty touchdowns, only thirty interceptions. What the hell are you doing, Seattle? Now, obviously, I think that they're going to keep him, but the like, keep your quarterback happy. Like, it's very simple, especially when you have a top five quarterback. I don't understand why you're not giving him a little bit more power. And you're like, this is this is your team. Russell Wilson is the Seattle Seahawks. Like, give him more responsibility. You saw what happened with Tom Brady in Tampa. Bruce Aarons is like, here you go, dude. He handed Tom Brady the reins, and all it got them was a Super Bowl. Let Russell Wilson run whatever the hell offense he wants to run. 
This is absurd to me. I, I can't believe I'm, like, covering this. I don't understand. Like, the reason Pete Carroll got his contract extension through 2025, Russell Wilson. It's not his great defensive schemes. It's the fact that Russell Wilson has never had a losing season. And he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. That's it. So, yeah, get this man an offensive line. Retool the defense. And, like, let him run whatever offense he wants to run. Like, oh, my God, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. Like, let him let him go nuts. Throw for 6,000 yards if he wants to. This is absurd to me. I don't get it. Makes no sense at all. Oh, man. Crazy. <laughs> Which <laughs> is crazy how excited I'm getting out, getting about, like, a quarterback that plays against my favorite team. But, yeah, I just have that much respect for Russell Wilson. And I, I cannot... Like, put more respect in my man's name. He's still, like, one of the most underrated, if not the most underrated, player in the NFL. And next year, he's going to have a winning record again because it's Russell freaking Wilson. And hopefully, they'll let him run whatever offense he wants to. All right, last team I want to cover here, and it's actually my team, is the 49ers and Jimmy Garoppolo, right? now. So I'm going to defend my quarterback here to end this episode of the podcast. There's been tons of rumors and trade speculations, you know, there was stuff about, like, the Niners put in a bid for Carson Wentz and Matt Stafford. There were even talks of Kirk Cousins, which I would have hated, by the way. But you had that Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan connection. So, I mean, it kind of made sense. So there was a bunch of stuff about that, right, about Jimmy G. And, like, you know, there's, there's talks about, like, his health and all these other things and whatnot. Now, before I get into my rant on Jimmy G here, I want to say, that if they can get Deshaun Watson, then yeah, go get Deshaun Watson. I like Jimmy G a lot, but he's not Deshaun Watson, so you would go get him. If it doesn't happen, though, say Deshaun Watson signs somewhere else, goes to the Jets or the Panthers or the Dolphins or the Broncos, right? If he does that, then what the hell are we doing, Niners? That's what I want to know. Like, why are we even considering getting rid of Jimmy Garoppolo? I decided to rank the quarterbacks uh, this year, like during the offseason. And I'm not all the way done, right? I mean, you know, there's some speculation with like the rookie quarterbacks coming in. But, I, you know, I, I don't know who, what quarterback is going to be the quarterback for each team. But I, I, got, I, I got like, you know, the, the top half done, right? So here are my top six quarterbacks right now. Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, give give a little respect for the GOAT, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Josh Allen. Now, the order could probably change a little bit, but for me, these six guys represent the top tier. Like, they're the first-tier quarterbacks. I got nine quarterbacks in the second tier in no particular order here. Matt Ryan, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray, Matt Stafford, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, T Ryan Tannehill, and Dak Prescott. In no particular order. In this second tier, when I try to order it and like get like my top 12 quarterbacks, Jimmy Garoppolo's in there every single time. And I'm and I'm and I'm trying to be as like non-biased as possible. Jimmy Garoppolo is a top 10, top 12 quarterback, no matter no matter how I slice it. Yes. So if we can't get Deshaun Watson Niners, what the hell are we doing? Like, I, I don't understand why we would get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. People forget, because it's he's been in the league for a while, 
Jimmy's only played 48 games. That's it. Baker Mayfield, as a comparison, he's played 46, and people love Baker. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is way better than Mayfield. Jimmy Garoppolo has played in 48 games. He's only started 32. He's only played one full season. Now, yes, that some of that's due to injuries, of course, and you know that does worry me a little bit, but, I mean, there's always going to be an injury concern for any player. But in his one season, where he went to the Super Bowl, by the way, he completed 69% of his passes, 4,000 yards passing, 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. So, yeah, two touchdowns for every one interception. He's a play away, and I've said this a lot, he's a play away in the Super Bowl from winning the MVP. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes for three quarters. He completes that pass to Emmanuel Sanders down the field. He wins the Super Bowl MVP. The Niners win the Super Bowl. Case history, case closed. We're not even having this conversation. But that's not how it shook out. That's not how it happened. So here we are. And I'm defending Jimmy Garoppolo. All he's done since he's gotten to the Niners is win games. They are horrendous without him playing quarterback. Like they, it's absurd how bad they are when he is not under center. Like I said, he's only started 32 games in his entire career. He started 30 for the Niners, and in those games, he is 22-8. and eight. In his career as a Niner, he completes 68% of his passes, and he has that same two touchdowns for every interception ratio. He's won 73% of his games as a starter for the 49ers. I, like, I don't get what we're trying to shop this guy. He's a top 12 quarterback in the league. I don't understand at all. Unless we get to Sean Watson, you ride with Jimmy Garoppolo for one more year. If he gets injured again, sure, like cut him. I don't mind. But it's absurd to me that we're even trying to shop this guy. The grass is not always greener. You get rid of a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo, you bring in maybe like a Sam Darnold, which, okay, like maybe maybe I'd be fine with that. But who knows if Darnold can play, right? Garoppolo, like 22-8 and eight record, 73% win percentage. Like, yeah, let's go with that. Let's keep him around. Like, the bottom line is we win games. And like, sure, yeah, is he Deshaun Watson? No. Is he as good as Russell Wilson? No. Like, is Kyler Murray going to be better than him? Eventually, probably. But, like, as it stands right now, like, all this guy does is go in and wins games. And for some reason, we want to shop that. So it makes no sense to me. So, yeah. Let's keep Jimmy G. Let's not be stupid. Like, let's, let's not... If it's not Deshaun Watson, then I don't want him. I want Jimmy Garoppolo to be my quarterback in 2021 if it's not Deshaun Watson. Bottom line, end of story, end of episode. Boom. Okay, so this one went a little bit. I think these are going to go longer because there's less of them. So, yeah, that is. And then we have the Tiger story, so I wanted to definitely touch on that. So, yeah, that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, feel free to share with friends, families, coworkers, Anybody else that you think that might like it, you can follow me on Twitter at John Yerks for that. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Yerks Talks. You can also follow on Spotify and subscribe to Apple Podcasts. All right. Have a great start to your Wednesday. Go watch some sports, and I will see you 